Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. We started a series three weeks ago called Let's Be Honest. And when push comes to shove, if we're actually really honest with ourselves, I wonder if we know what's going on around us. With mass shootings, suicides, fights over certain political, theological, scientific, and sociological issues, we really need to understand what is truly going on and fight the root issues, not the symptoms. It's easy to fight the systems because we see immediate results, don't we? But it doesn't create lasting heart change. Because instead what we do is we draw lines in the sand for people instead of actually drawing hearts closer to God. Our worldviews can get quickly out of sync for what's really going on. And so the first week we actually looked into uh, where does your truth come from? Where does your truth come from? And trying to Bring it all back to, hey, the truth is in Jesus Christ. The truth of Christ, the truth of the gospel. And then the second week, we looked into uh, what it means to repent and believe and turn and trust and have our faith in Christ, the righteousness that God offers us. Not the stuff that we can do on our own because we can't be righteous on our own, but his righteousness as our body armor. And then last week we processed uh, how to put on the shoes of readiness to share the gospel. To be ready at any point. And I think we are doing all of this in this series and I've really been kind of boiling it down to why do we need this series? Because if you looked back at my calendar, well, I don't have much on my calendar, but we just kind of stumbled into this. And the reason why is I think that as I've seen the unrest and what's going on around us, I wonder if we are truly honest with where we're at. I wonder if we're willing to be honest. And so today's uh, armor that we're going to look at is the shield of faith. And so today we get to ask the question, are we honest about our faith? But first, let's read this together. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. 10 through 18. A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, every time you see a therefore, you should ask, what's that therefore? Right? The reason why he's saying this is because of the very first first part. Do we realize that, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world? So therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the times of evil. 
That's why we put on the armor of God, to be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. Then, after the battle, you will, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that come from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Let's pray. Man, it feels like we've prayed a lot, God, but in this moment right here, uh, Lord, would we open ourselves up to your word. For those of us who have come in the doors, maybe a little uh, stubborn this morning, who uh, are just here because we're supposed to be here on Sunday mornings, Lord, would you just open our hearts? Would you soften them to hear your word? For those of us who are here to be really excited about learning your word, Lord, would we take away one thing and not just everything? And Lord, would we uh, align ourselves through your Holy Spirit into your way? And Lord, would we realize what arrows we need to stop that are coming into our lives today? In your holy name we pray. Amen. I ask this question tons, um, but I'm going to ask it again. What do you have faith in? I'll give you some examples. Do you have faith in the government to keep the jobs churning, the money machine to keep pumping out fresh Benjamins, the school system to teach your kids the right education, the healthcare system to keep subsidizing everything we need, the big tax returns to come quicker for us so that we can spend them faster or pay off the things we've been spending? Uh, do we trust in the government to keep people out who feel threatened, who we feel threatened by, and all the other things we want the government to do that I missed? Do you have faith in yourself? Maybe it's your health. Man, if I just keep running and just keep on exercising, I'm going to live forever. If I take this magic pill, this is what's going to happen. If I continue to keep filling my checkbook, I'm going to be just fine. Because at least then I can continue to buy what I want to buy. Do you rely, do you have faith in yourself that your own power to get things done yourself and you really don't ask other people to help you? There are some of you in this room that have faith in your intellect. Man, if I just know more things, I'll be okay. In the end, it'll, it'll all work out. Man, maybe you have faith in others that everything will be better as soon as mom and dad die. Because there are some of you in this room that may think that. Is it in others that if this person would change their attitude, the whole office would change and things would be a-okay? Is it in others in terms of, hey, if I go to this person, maybe they'll bail me out. They'll help me out with my problems. Is it all about who you know? 
Maybe that's what you say to yourself. Hey, if I just know this person, then other things will be all right for me. There might be some of you people in this room that actually have faith in Jesus Christ. You find your strength, you find your source of direction, you find your source of power, and your firm foundation in Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you to keep looking that way. But today I want to talk about what do you find your faith in? Because let's be honest, every single one of you in this room, you hold your faith up high every day. Let's be honest. You hold your faith up high every day, and everyone can see it. If you're taking notes with me, that's the very first one. Let's be honest. You hold your faith up high every day, and everyone can see it. Everyone has faith in something. My question is, do we have faith in the, things that actually, in the thing that actually matters? doesn't take long for us as pastors to sit down with people and to see where their faith is in. People can read your posts on Instagram, Facebook, or see your Snapchats and actually see your faith or lack of faith, if you will. People can read, listen to, or watch that tell us a lot about our faith, about us. When I'm talking today about faith, is not just this large faith, but actually what I'm talking about is, is not the everyday faith in which we take for granted. Not the faith in the sun will come up tomorrow. You bet your bottom dollar. Not any of that sort of faith. Or when we turn the key in our car, we have faith that it'll start. Not the faith that can be seen. It is not the faith of a religious stance to simply tell people what you believe such as, oh, I'm Christian, or oh, I belong to this church, or that church, or that church. No, I'm talking about the faith in which we have that moves our being, that causes us to act. It is our faith in Jesus that compels us to act completely different than a label or something that is given to us. This faith is not on autopilot. This faith is on a loving God who says things like, if you have faith, you can move mountains. And it doesn't have to be big faith either because it's in a bigger God than us. And he reveals who he is to us and he sends his son. Colossians or Ephesians 3.12 says this, it's because of Christ in whom we have boldness to access with confidence through faith in him. Even in 16, it says, according to the riches of his glory, grants us to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner beings. I am talking about the faith that sends us into action, not allows us to sit back and watch the world spin. And so I think we have to define faith a little bit more. What is this faith in Jesus Christ? So... Let's get right on into it. Faith is fully trusting and acting in the hope given to us by Jesus Christ. Faith is fully trusting and acting in the hope given to us by Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith, actually I'm going to flip over to NLT because that's what you guys have. 11.1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. 
Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. In your faith, constantly as you're moving, you're showing the reality of what you hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's fully trusting and acting in the hope given to us by Jesus Christ. You see, here's the funny thing I think about the shield of faith is this, is every, every single piece of equipment that we've been talking about in terms of the body armor of Christ have been all defensive. Everything is to, uh, is to protect our body right here. But the shield actually is an action. We are actually picking up the shield to go out in battle. When we're walking around in the camp, we're already wearing our body armor. But when we actually go to the front lines, we pick up our shield and our sword. And this is what I think is interesting is because when it talks about it shows, it literally is in action. How do you show your faith to other people? Because of the hope we have in our faith, our convictions is to be lived out. Not based on what we know, but based on where our hope leads us. Priscilla Schreier says it like this, or Shire, I always pronounce her, her last name wrong. It says this, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. So whenever we read in Scripture, we come back to Scripture and it says, hey, this is the way to live. We live that way not because we're trying to get something from it, but because we have a hope in Jesus Christ and His way is always the best way. Our faith is acting what we're learning. Man, it just doesn't make sense. What do you mean to turn the other cheek? It doesn't make sense. I got to get what I want right now. No, it does make sense in terms of if we're battling with Jesus Christ. Sometimes I wonder if our faith is to get X, Y, and Z from God. Or if it's possibly to, well, I have faith and so, uh, so because of my faith, I can get this from God. Our faith in Jesus Christ asks us to change our hearts and minds to live wholly different than the rest of the world. Because when we do this, our faith is not shaken. Because it brings us closer to the creator and sustainer of all things. This faith that's in action brings us to change our behaviors, our decisions, and our whole lifestyle to reflect what God is asking us to do. And we don't need evidence that it's going to be okay. We just need God to continually teach us. And it says this in this piece of scripture in, in Ephesians 6. It says, hold up your shield. And so what are the things in our faith that we need to hold up? So you can do many notes if you want to. That's okay. But here's the deal. We need to make sure that the word of God is more important than any word of man. We need to make sure that the word of God is more important than any word of man. We need to be desired to be led by the Spirit. 
which then means that prayer becomes our lifeline, which I'm really excited to talk about later on in one of the very last scriptures that we get to look at, or one of the last body armors we get to look at. And we need to consistently go back to the truth of Christ and the righteousness that he places on us. Those are the things we need to hold up. That man, when life gets tough, when our faith seems to be shaken, we can go back to the scripture over and over again and say, what is the scripture saying about this area in my life? And I wish that I could actually talk about every single thing that's happening in all of our lives, but I can't. But what I can do is encourage you to continually go back to the scriptures over and over again. And when you don't think that you can continue to go on, remember that Christ is where we get our truth. Because when we hold up our faith, I think once we get into battle and we hold up our shield of faith, that's when the arrows come. When we're not in battle, we don't need to be afraid of arrows. When we're not holding up our faith for any reason, we don't have to be worried about arrows flying towards us. But I think that you need to realize that as soon as you hold up your shield, you become a target. And so, you need to remember that flaming arrows are a distraction to take our eyes off of our faith. Flaming arrows are just a distraction to take our eyes off of our faith. I read this article uh, as I was kind of preparing for this. Is uh, They didn't really think that uh, arrows, uh, they, they didn't rely on arrows to do a mass part of killing. In fact, actually flaming arrows in the Roman time were actually only a distraction to get people in the back lines to actually have to go and put out the fires that it started. It was never really to kill anybody because most people did have armor on. And so it was merely a distraction to either wound them to where somebody could come by and then kill them with a sword. But it was simply a distraction. They never thought that arrows were a huge part of killing the mass majority of the army. It was to simply wound them and take them out of the game. So now, if you're thinking about this in strategy, and Paul is writing to these people who definitely understand the Roman war, now take it into this area of your life. What would be a huge distraction for you in your relationship with God? But before that, I want to read this. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. We don't become distracted when we do this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates the perfect and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the, he is seated in the place of honor beside Christ's th God's throne. And if you get distracted and think about your distractions, because I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. If we would just turn our eyes and keep our eyes on Christ, the, he, the initiator and perfecter of our faith, 
what could change? Because when we do that, we have no worries of arrows. When we hold our shield high, we have no worries about distractions because we're grounded in Christ. We're not going to be worried about all the things that are flying around us because those are merely distractions keeping us from what's really happening. I have a question. Do you, do you have a person in your life that distracts you from your faith? That pulls you away from your faith? That doesn't allow you to... Uh, maybe that person just isn't uh, as you really want to have a relationship with them, but maybe they're not as grounded in Christ as you are, and so you're spending a lot of time with them, and you're not able to really grow in your relationship with Christ because of them. Maybe they're a person that uh, keeps dragging you down because you're trying to do something else. I Think about that person. Next week we get to talk about maybe praying for that person for salvation, but that's a whole nother sermon and that gets to be brought to us by Brian next week. What about this? What about your pleasures in your life? Maybe you're distracted by the video games you love to play or maybe you're distracted by getting the next promotion in your life, which promotions are not bad, but if it becomes everything you're focusing on, maybe it is a distraction for you. Maybe it's your selfishness that you've worked so tirelessly hard, you deserve a break. And so your breaks just become about mindlessly doing things and not focusing on what really matters. Maybe you've created problems in your life where you've gone so far off the deep end that you're just trying to sustain yourself with all the problems. Just keep those plates spinning. Maybe you find yourself in a huge financial debt right now and you're sitting there going, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you've got health problems and you're just going, ah, come on. And I'd like to say that we should focus on those problems and take care of them, and then we'll get to what we're supposed to be doing. But what if we took those problems and saw them as a distraction and then changed our lives around them and said, no, I'm not allowing them to be distractions anymore. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Some of you in this room have pride and you think that you can just be your own person and take on the battle yourself. And so you've been trying to do everything on your own and you don't realize that you're a part of a group of people just like we had standing up here who are fighting with us. And you need to maybe say, hey, I, I need some more support. Because here's what I think. If you are struggling to move in obedience to God, you don't need more faith. You need to change your view of God. Now, I know there's lots of stories in the Bible that says, hey, God, uh, Jesus says, ye of little faith and, and all of that sort of stuff. But <laughs> Paul, or Peter was right in that moment, right? None of us, I don't, I don't think any of us are walking on water right now. Um, but in that moment, maybe we can ask for a little bit more faith. But I sometimes wonder 
if we just have a bad view of who God is. But God, if I stand up for this in my work, or if I make this move, if I decide to do this, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe our view of God is too small. There are some of you I know in this room who have heard the voice of God to do this or do that, and you've gone, ah, I just don't know. Or it's taken you lots of years to finally get to that point where you actually move in obedience to God. And then maybe you look back and you go, why didn't I do this sooner? I wonder if we could have a different perspective of who God is. And that perspective I love comes from Ephesians 3, 17 through 21. This is one of my, one of my favorite verses because I think that when we get into points of... Uh, of being distracted by things going on around us, our faith is what actually can sustain us through this verse right here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you realize that we have a God who does everything he possibly can to be in a relationship with us? Because now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations. When we lift up our shields, I wonder if, wonder if we're lifting up the shield with all of our might and saying, no matter what happens, I, I've got it. No matter what happens, Christ is my strength and my power and my firm foundation. Or are you shaken when distractions come? Do you begin to look at these shootings or whatever is going on in our world and go, what's going on? God, where are you? Or do you realize that God has been trying to break through at every single moment and tell you what the truth is and impart his righteousness and to tell us to go and share the good news and then when we do that, we're going to be attacked and it's okay because he's got our backs. Or do we shrivel back and go, oh man, this is way too hard for me. I can't handle it anymore. I thought this was the way it was supposed to go, but it's not. Because I'm here to tell you that and when we go into battle and do all this stuff, people will fail us. Things will happen around us that we start to wonder what is going on. We begin to lose perspective. But what if we had a different perspective on things? I'll give you an example. If the stock market is failing, we can either look at it and go, man, everything is in doom or things are on sale, right? We can look at it that way. We could. 
when I have cancer. And man, I, I don't. And I'm sorry if you, I know when I say this, man, I, I, I'm so limited. But man, when I have cancer or if I have MS or if I've got back pains or if I've got headaches all the time, all of these things, maybe I can go, this is nothing compared to the glory of God. And I can face it and I can say, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. And I know those things are really hard to say. But I can come back and I can go, man, this is really bad news, but I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to go, what is the whole entire, entire picture of what's going on? And instead, actually, when we get bad news, we just look at ourselves and we go, what am I going to do? What's going on with me? Instead of going, God, what are you doing everywhere? What are you doing in my heart? What are you doing in my neighbor's heart? What are you doing in my town's heart and in the world's heart? And God, would you please guide and direct me through your Holy Spirit? And the last verse that I want to leave you with, and I'm going to ask the ushers, or not the ushers, the worship band to come forward is this. And I want you to think about this verse in terms of changing my perspective when I'm holding my shield up high. I want to change my perspective on who God is because of this. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And we encourage one another to keep on going strong and holding up our faith. Let's pray. God, this morning, uh, I pray that we would realize that faith is, is hoping and trusting that you're telling the truth. Because you are. That's what faith is. And God, we put our faith in you, not, not in our cars starting or anything like that, but when things actually are happening around us that are shaking us to the core. We can hold our shield high because it's not a distraction. Things can go on around us because we know what's really, truly going on with you. We know that there are, and we know that there are unseen worlds battling for our souls. God, we want to hold tightly to you. So God, help us a little bit differently. And God, in moments where we're in the midst of the battle and and we've been moving forward to you and we see how big you are and we we know that we're moving towards what you're asking us to do, God. In, In those moments, would you bolster our faith? Would you help us to stand firm?
the very end. God, we thank you. In your name we pray. As, as Seth pointed out, just to reiterate, um, we, we lift up our shield of faith when the arrows are coming in. And what are the arrows? The arrows are the things that distract us. And we don't have to go into great depth of what that is. We all know the things that distract us from the Word of God. And there are things that happen at work, there are things that happen at home, there are things that vibrate in our pocket, probably even during this sermon. There's, there's, there's things that, that we all know that distract us, and so we lift up the sword of faith, or the sword of faith, the shield of faith. And and what is the shield of faith? How do we lift that up? Well, we show faith that, that Christ is King and Lord of our life. We show faith that in the end, what matters is eternity. Um, we show faith that we know that the Bible is truth. And so, what Seth said is the the Bible, the Spirit, and prayer. And so that's that's pretty easy to lift up your shield. Then you pray and you read the Word and you share the Word. You pray and you read the word and you share the word. You pray, you read the word, you share the word. <laughs> but that's not how we usually react to those distractions. We usually let the arrows hit us. <laughs> and they start flaming. <laughs> and we want to pull the shield up later and go, ah, see, I was in the word. But you're on fire behind that. And then the other thing I wanted to point out was when they had these, these shields back in the, the old times, um, it worked to help them get in a unit. The shield would, if you were just by yourself, hiding behind your shield and all these arrows are coming. Like, if you're like me and you don't work out as much, maybe parts of you are sticking out, right? Like, like there's a lot of you that's exposed, but imagine if, if you had a neighbor right next to you holding up that same shield and a neighbor next to them and a neighbor on the other side. And, and, um, and as they did this, and so you could, we've all seen the movies too. I'm not gonna pretend that we haven't seen the movies where they're all marching toward and there's no shield in front. And then when they're getting ready for battle, Right? They put these shields up and they all are just this one unit. It's not impenetrable. You're still going to get hit with some things, but it's a lot better when we work together as a family. As we celebrate a membership today and we, we, we go out into battle, let's remember that we are a unit. And as we hold up these, these, the shield of faith, we're, we're doing that together. Because I also know that it's, it's harder to hold up that shield of faith when the person to the left and the right of you that you sit in on Sundays with, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know. And they're just like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Let's work together as a team. And so uh, that was the, the one thing I, I, I just uh, had in my head. Um, and to reiterate those things, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, it's, it's your glory in the highest. And I, I pray and we pray that... that uh, we're strong enough to lift up the shield. And, and the, the funny thing is, is that it's your strength that we need. It's your faith that we're reliant on. It's your word, it's your spirit. You're actually doing all of it. All we need to do is just allow you to do that. And so all of those times where we know that we're getting distracted and we hear that little whisper, hey, you're getting distracted. That's, that's you. And Lord, we just, we're so used to stifling it. Lord, help us hear those whispers from you. Uh, Lord, help us to lift up our shield of faith in your word, in your spirit, through prayer. And help us to work as a family. And Lord, may we just rely on your strength when we feel weak, your strength when we feel attacked, your strength when we feel those arrows coming in. And as we go throughout the rest of the week, help us to just go into battle 
because you've already won. We love you, Lord. We ask all of these things in the name of your Son, and we leave them at the most level playing field there is, the foot of the cross, and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.